Hi, I'm Jane Stahl, retired high school English teacher and director of community relations at Studio B Fine Art Gallery in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And this is the Be Inspired podcast. My guest and I hope that in the few minutes you spend with us, you'll be surprised and delighted to meet someone new, become aware of projects going on in your neighborhood, and maybe entertain a new way to look at the world. Look, we all need to keep our spirits up in these challenging times, and I can't think of a better way to lift up our spirits than to meet interesting, passionate folks and learn about what they're doing to make life better for all of us. And so, join me now for the Be Inspired podcast. Hello, Be Inspired audience. Today, I want to change things up just a little bit. You may be aware that in recent weeks, I've had conversations with authors and publishers and wanted to expand our Be Inspired episodes to include literature and the written word. You may remember that also this summer, I offered some book discussions on my fav- one of my favorite books, Ray Bradbury's Dandelion Wine. And so I thought to put a, some closure on those efforts in the world of literary art, I would take some time to honor those poets who generously sent me copies of their books of poetry over the last couple of months when we were featuring both visual and literary art in Studio B and published our eighth book of poetry called My Favorite Things. And so the next couple of episodes will be featuring those poets who, like I said, generously sent me copies of their books as a way to thank me and Studio B for our efforts to promote uh, the literary world and the wonderful world of words. The first poet, then, that I want to feature today is Carol Kroll, who you may have met um, during a Friday night live at the B session live event that we held last winter, I guess, where she attended and read one of her poems. At any rate, she sent me her latest book of poetry called A Hundred Pairs of Eyes, and I fell in love with her lovely way to have us look carefully at the world around us. The back cover of her book includes a review by Christopher Bursk, author of The Improbable Swervings of Adams. And Christopher writes that Carol Kroll's A Hundred Pairs of Eyes invites us to see and to listen with our whole selves, quote, for a day is meant to be filled out, filled in, filled up and over, unquote. 
He continues saying, because this is a book about a natural world brimming with delights and challenges, it is also a book about time and the realization that, quote, anything can happen in the fraction of a, unquote, and thus, as with all poetry written out of craft and compassion, it's a book about language, that tended place where each word, rich, the real kind, the kind that leaves a trace, nourishes and renews. Anyway, he too loves the way in which Carol invites us to really look at the world and appreciate the world and what it does to us internally and externally. Now, I should mention also that Carol's book comes following the death of her husband, who experienced a seizure and uh, took him from her quite suddenly. And in sadly, he wasn't around to celebrate the publication of her book with her. But again, I think knowing that adds just another level of understanding of Carol's desire for us to really look at the world and love it. The first poem I'll read to you, she entitles Colors, and she says, it's an ode to my cat for Mingus and Billy Collins. Someday I will remember this indigo afternoon, how you followed me to the red chair and jumped, how the weight of you on my denim lap felt warm and soft and smooth, how you turned your head and those clear green eyes looked back at me and blinked. I had been noticing your fleecy fur, that white rim around the tips of your ears, the hard gray color of your tail, and all the silvers in between. I had been considering the many ways you accompanied, saved me through the worst of times, how you were there for me when I lived alone, waited by the door for my return, slept through the nights on my pillow. I recalled you as a kitten, your fearlessness, those shaky legs, the time you got stuck behind the stereo. So I decided to write this poem, set it down right now, like the poem about the oranges, the bean grinder on the counter, the small coin of that moment, an excerpt for tomorrow. The door. Your manor is a summer door, so open, I think I can walk right in, be friends. As I step nearer, the door moves ever so slightly. When I reach it, it shuts, winter tight. I peer through the glass and see you there, wearing your smile. You know the one. Then come the words that match that smile, a succession of clever compliments concealing a rejection. Warmth frosts the glass, 
blurring the impressions you seem to be so sure of, clouding me completely until you disappear. Eden. I selected the hand-blown tumbler. My granny used that word. It is small, juice-sized, the glass thicker than most. You feel the difference in your hand, on your lips. They know. With dabs of color, equator-like around, it is beautifully blue all over. You might imagine sea or sky. I see a field of cornflowers, a poppy here and there, a solitary butterfly, marigolds and lavender. I poured some milk, rich, the real kind, the kind that leaves a trace, and chose a block of chocolate from the cache. I settled on the softest chair for tiny tastes and measured sips, a bite and then a swig as dark gave way to icy white and white deferred to dark. Temptation swirled across my tongue. Who said it was an apple? The kite. The sun is bright, the air is clear, the winds proclaim a holiday. The kite you gave me months ago is disinclined to disobey. It leaps and climbs in maiden flight and tugs me toward the lavish sky. It soars above the field and trees and makes me wish that I could fly. It beckons to the drifting clouds that flock of woolly lambs, then swoops and dives with stylish flair, inscribing unseen monograms. A nearby hawk flies by to note the presence of this caller rare that hovers in bright rainbow wings, disrupts her game of solitaire. I pull the string. The kite retires and settles on a hill. The former scribe, an acrobat, now earthborn, as a daffodil. I look above to see the sky, now solemn and alone, a sky where clouds and hawk and wind and kite and I had flown. Learn. They are mindful of your company. Go to the woods and be summoned. Find a way through problematic undergrowth and step among the trunks. Wind here and there and back. Walk until you feel a, feel a pull, a personal invitation. Then lower yourself to the earth's soft saddle. Lean your back against the bark. Prepare to be enlightened in the presence of a tree. Leaves are a distraction. Pawns of the wind. They flap and twist with color, but they're... Their story is familiar, a repetitive tale. Ignore their flutter. They'll fall to earth, curl beneath your feet, and be gone. You must listen to the timber, the seasoned shaft and numbered rings, heartwood, 
of the forest core. Consider the trunk, how it faces north and stiffens through the cold. Acknowledge the bowl, how it faces south and defies the hurricane, though branches scatter in the rush. Like you, it has given all and given in more than some or not as much. The forest confirms this truth. How old is this tree? Old enough to remember drought, old enough to record abundance, old enough to have birthed a grove, a hundred thousand seeds, old enough to recognize that adaptation means survival, compromise with rocks and soil, mostly other trees. How wise is this tree? Wise enough to know its family. Wise enough to heed the seasons, offer shelter, stand alone. Wise enough to trust how roots can anchor and secure. Wiser still to keep ascending nearer, nearer to the stars. Tides. I rode a blue wave when tide was high, flat on my back like a scrap of wood. It lifted me to the Atlantic sky where I dreamed that I could surely fly until it set me down. I lingered at its balmy base until another took its place. To the azure sky and back I fell my dream adrift, a broken spell. I sensed a change in the fickle tide, watched as the waters, large and wide, receded into steely deep, wondered what the ocean would not keep or hide away, what secret it might reveal that day. I walked the beach when tide was low, as the sun boiled in the sky, I feared that I might liquefy or bake into a crust of salt. It was then I spied a perfect shell, as yet untouched by human hands, or harmed in the salty underlands beneath the waxy sea. The one that had been so good to me when I was a scrap of wood, you see, dreaming I could surely fly a perfect shell on the steamy sand, pink as the east at break of dawn, patterned around like the back of a fawn, spiraling, spiraling endlessly into itself. A point on its top, like the hat of an elf. This the ocean gave to me, and an almost ride to the sky for free. And Beautiful Tuesday said, This day is for you. Breathe deep. Draw long and slow and full. I have swaddled the hours in lucent warmth, cobbled them to stay. Be mindful of these moments. Tomorrow comes the chill. The sky is a field of sapphires with a single golden bloom. It glazes the day with its petals. Look up 
Look all around. I flattered the trees, and now they blush in whispered shades of red. Others I brushed with yellow dawn, accepting those who favor green and stand like bridesmaids, patient for the morrow. The sound of this confection, a crinkle in the breeze, the scent is crisp like brittle sticks that snap beneath your feet. This autumn day is made for you. Partake till you are full. I may not slice. I may not serve a slice like this in quite this way again. Consolation. When I am left to wonder if the world will come undone, I stray beneath the veil of leaves. There the earth is well. Red-tipped shoots and white-blossomed limbs prevail, climb through a tangle of briars and rot, surge overhead, legions and more. Gray squirrel is alone. It races through a maze of side-swept branches and high-rise trunks, knows all the ways up, every way out. Brook is clear, mellow. Relieved of rains that made it royal, it passes unimpelled, burbles contentedness to greenery and meadow, meadow flowers that seat along its banks. My steps move low and slow through fields of unmarked pathways. Fox and deer are known to tread. Low and slow, against the sky, sun sheds its final ray. Dove coos lustily. Ribbons of gray hope on the down slant of afternoon. At times, this is enough. Ribbon Trail. What will remain when I am gone? A ribbon in the wind? A streamer that will zip and snap and swirl from the wand of time? Will anyone notice my ribbon trail when I leave it far behind? Will they ever think to reach up high Snatch it from the breeze, tie it tight around a finger, and remember me? So goes the day. Simplicity fills hollows and makes the day round, the way coffee and sweet brown rolls fill out a morning pressed thin by the weight of the daily news. The way solar chimes and light beams fill in the margins of duty, break the ennui of afternoon with a recital by the sun. For a day is meant to be filled out, filled in, filled, filled up and over, 
So when the moon begins its story and you listen until you sleep, it will matter that you took a walk by a pasture after dinner because a cow approached the fence and it filled up a hollow to pet her, filled it all the way up and over for a day now round complete. Something, something about that field, the way it looked at dusk, a meadowland of daisies beside a stretch of roadway, young boys jumping from a wooden bridge into a Canadian stream, our camp van lurching madly as it hauled our bags of laundry. Something about the twilight the chroma of the sky, the broadness of an open field, how innocent the daisies, night held in obeyance, reminded me of you. Once again, this is, comes from Carol Kroll's book of poetry entitled A Hundred Pairs of Eyes published by Kelsey Books. It's um, available, I'm sure, on Amazon somewhere. And the publication date is, again, this very year of 2021. Thank you, Carol, for sending me this gorgeous book of your poetry. I loved it. It makes me look harder at the more lovely things that fill up, fill in, <laughs> fill up and over my days. Once again, a hundred pairs of eyes. Thank you again, Carol. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Be Inspired podcast. If you enjoyed the Be Inspired podcast, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we welcome you to suggest people, projects, and perceptions that inspire you. What the world needs now is inspiration. Contact me, Jane Stahl, at studiobbb.org or stop by Studio B. More information can be found in the episode notes. We are eager to meet you and learn what it is you love. This is the end of today's episode, and I hope you find your way today to be inspired.